Um, I'd like to uh, start with a testimony from uh, a young brother who just came to the Lord very recently, a family. Uh, they're a Thursday Islander family, and um, uh, just before we left to uh, come to uh, down south, um, I got a phone call early in the morning from this brother, and um, uh, he was pretty distressed. Uh, one of his uh, nieces um, uh, tried to uh, take her life, and um, and she was flown from Catherine uh, by the Royal uh, Flying Doctors to uh, Darwin. Um, he wasn't sure what to do um, in regards to his his uncle and so forth. Didn't really have much money, and he was going to go to Catherine and pick him up and he didn't know. Anyway, I gave him a bit of guidance. I said, hang up the phone, let's have some prayer first. And so we had some prayer and um, we spoke again and um, I said, um, it's probably better you go to uh, the hospital and, uh, and um, we'll send some money to, you, to your uncle to get some fuel to get to, uh, to Darwin. So later in that morning, he, um, he went to the hospital and he had obviously had troubles getting in with the COVID um, as well. And then he got to the ICU where this young lady was and um, he couldn't get in, they wouldn't let him in. And um, because of COVID and uh, visiting restrictions and he was putting up a bit of a fuss, he wasn't gonna leave. And then the uh, head nurse came out and said, what's going on? And uh, he said to the head nurse, look, all I want is two minutes just to lay hands on my niece. And, uh, the head nurse said, yep, come in. So he went in there and he was telling me he laid hands on this young lady. Uh, she was um, in a coma. She was on a um, breathing machine as well. And um, there could have been all sorts of things wrong with this young lady from what had happened. And um, he, laid, he said to me, he laid hands on her and started praying. But he felt this overwhelming power within himself and the doctor, uh, the head nurse was there watching this whole thing and he just said, I just burst out into tongues really loud and I just prayed. And um, she woke up and um, in front of the, the head nurse and he fell over, the head nurse fell over and brother David did as well and the head nurse says, that's gotta be the most powerful thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, three days later, the young lady was released from hospital. Um, we went to, uh, to their house and the whole family was there, the uncles were there and so forth. And uh, we were in the lounge room, we had prayer and the, un the father received, the uncle received the Holy Spirit and went to the meeting, we baptized him. So that's the power of prayer. And it's, uh, I suppose what my talk is about is that we can come to camp and um, we can hear these mighty um, testimonies and go around the, the supper table and hear testimonies and they're all great, they're uplifting, they're exciting, but they, at the end of the day, they, and they are uplifting, but at the end of the day, they're not your personal testimony, your personal experience. And uh, I suppose that's what I want to talk about is having our relationship, a first-hand relationship with our God and having our own personal experience. And I suppose I direct this talk to everyone here, but I suppose I'm sort of directing it to uh, young people, uh, young people especially, and, and, and brethren who have just come to the Lord to have a personal relationship with your God. And so we're going to go to uh, the, we'll go to book of Kings, Second Kings. Second Kings and uh, chapter 2. 
Okay, this is the, um, we'll start in uh, verse 1. And it came to pass, um, so Second Kings and chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass uh, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elisha said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. So Elijah is telling Elisha to, to stay back. He's on his way to Bethel. And um, he's, he's testing Elijah here. In verse 3, And the sons of the prophets that were Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master um, from, thy, from thy head today? And, and he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And uh, Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of prophets uh, that were in Jericho uh, came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, uh, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not uh, leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of prophets uh, went and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that the two waters uh, went over uh, on, dry land, on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elisha said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, and before I, I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing, nevertheless, if thou see me when I taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they uh, uh, still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, and the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah and it fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord uh, God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which uh, were to view at uh, Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest <coughs> on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. So, <coughs> so Elisha was being tested by Elijah here on a number of occasions going from town to town. And Elijah was saying to Elisha to, to stay back. And you had the 50 sons of prophets at the same time, uh, they knew the prophecy that Elijah was to be taken up in the whirlwind with chariots of fire. And um, 
they were almost like, I suppose, in his face, telling him, don't you, don't you know your master's going to leave today? And, um, and when they crossed the river on dry land, you see that the uh, 50 prophets, sons of prophets, they stood afar off. They didn't come nearer. And uh, Elijah stuck beside Elisha. Uh, Elisha stuck beside Elijah the whole way and uh, saw the miracle happen. And, um, and he witnessed it. He was right beside him. And, um, and he received the double portion of blessings. And when he came across the river, he picked up the mantle and came back across the river. Uh, that's you, hear, you read that the, the prophets, they, um, they stood afar. They asked the question, uh, where's your master? They, they, they missed out on the blessing of the Lord. They didn't see the blessings because they, they kept their, their, their distance um, from the Lord. And what I want to talk about today is um, us as Christians. Um, um, I've spoken this before about, uh, have, you know, my parents... When they, they left um, the Greek Orthodox Church, they, they left, my father left the alcohol scene, the smoking scene, and, um, and we all come from walks, all different walks of life. Some have come from drug addiction, marriage breakups, and terrible lives, and we, we testify how God has, has taken us out of this horrible place and has given us a new life. And, um, and, and I call them first generation Christians. And then, you know, and, the, and each generation, we've got second generation Christians and third generation Christians. And our parents can testify of mighty things they've been delivered from, from, this, from the world. But uh, it's, you know, it's a two edged sword because being a third generation Christian, um, our children and, some, and grandchildren here have not seen what's in the world, which is good on one thing, but now they've got to come to the point in their lives and um, experience the power of God in their lives and see how, how God can work in their lives as well, you know. So um, I suppose you can sort of relate to Moses as well. You know, uh, the children of Israel, they came out of Israel, uh, Egypt, and um, they saw mighty things, you know. They saw the, you know, the plagues that were, fell upon Egypt and the mighty deliverance there, and the Red Sea was parted, and even when Moses came down from the mount, how his face shone and the people feared. But because of their unbelief, the Lord made them go, you know, from a journey that should have taken 12 days to get to the, to the promised land. It took 40 years, and we read that the story, anyone over the age of 20 didn't go into the promised land. So we had this new generation come through, and then you read of Joshua and Caleb, these mighty men of valor, and uh, as well, and, and they passed on. And then you, you, you see in, in, in the Word of God that they, they, they start not worshipping their God because they, they didn't know about the miracles. They forgot the mighty miracles of Moses and Joshua and Caleb, and um, they go and worship Baal and, and other gods. And uh, we see their destruction, what happened to uh, Israel as a nation. And um, what I'm trying to press on here is that... Um, we, as sons and daughters of the living God, every generation has got a responsibility. Um, and um, also, I suppose you can also talk about Elisha when, when he was chosen, when, when Elijah went the first time to go and see Elisha, he put his mantle on him and um, Elisha turned around and said, um, let me go and kiss my parents farewell. 
And Elias Elijah basically said, "Who am I? You know, like do what you know, almost like do what you got to do, sort of thing. Not do what you got to do, but he. It was Elisha knew that it wasn't Elijah that called him; it was God that called him. And with that, he went and burnt his oxen, his cart, and he left his whole life behind. And he came to follow the Lord, and um, and follow Elijah and and the Lord." And we have got to come to that crossroad in our life where we've got to understand who we are. The Bible says in Ephesians, he, he called us from the very beginning. He chose us, not your mum and dad only, but you as an individual. And, um, and you've got to understand your calling and, and who you are. And you are the sons and daughters of the living God. And you've got to make a decision in your life. Are you going to give your whole life to the Lord? And, and you watch the Lord use you. And when he uses you, he's going he's gonna to bless you uh, uh, more than abundantly. And that's where you'll start to grow and create a foundation in your own life in the Lord. And, um, and you will then have stories and testimonies to testify of the wondrous powers of, in, in your life. And um, I've got my own testimonies. I, I was healed of cancer and it took a lot. And I've done a lot of crying and, and, and a lot of on my knees time with the Lord. And, and that's where the growing begins, is on your knees. When you start praying to the Lord and calling out to the Lord, and when you go through your trials and your tribulations, that's when you, that's when you grow and have your relationship with God. That's when you, you start to grow and, um, and, and draw closer to your Heavenly Father. And the Lord will always pull you through. That's a given. The Lord will never, ever let you down. He says he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a promise from God to all of us here today as sons and daughters living God. And, um, and that's what we inspire to be, like, you know, you know and, and give God the glory that this, this church, this, this, this body of Christ here today, we've all got our stories to tell about how God has delivered us and God has blessed us and um, that we can prepare our children one day in the fear and the love of the Lord as well. Um, we'll turn to uh, 1 Peter in chapter 2. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. 1 Peter. First Peter chapter two and verse nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into this marvellous light, which in times past were not a people, but now the people of God, which have not attained mercy, but now have attained a mercy. And um, and that's a promise to us, brothers and sisters, we are a royal priesthood. We are sons and daughters of the living God. Believe the promises that God has given to you. He's already performed wonderful miracles in your life by filling you with the Holy Spirit. He will continue to, to bless you as you learn to, to, to call upon him and uh, look to him. So your life with God is precious. Um, believe it. And all the people said.